You know, and we all have our 15 minutes of fame, and I'd like to take a couple of my 15 minutes to talk about the rights and the wrongs in the world of professional wrestling. This match is for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship! She's been a managerial force behind the Wilds, the Heroes, Abilene Maverick, and the Disciplinarian. Listed mostly as the brains behind the brawn on the show, she set her sights to lead her wrestlers to the top of WoW and possibly some championship gold. She's been involved with the program since 2018, and we can certainly expect to see her again should the show resume. The woman behind the character, however, has more to her than you might realize, and we're going to dive into that today. Joining me on the program is Samantha Smart, a.k.a. Christian Garner. Yes, Brian, I would deem that a fairly accurate summary, and thank you for scheduling me on your program. Uh, well, thank you. I mean, I'm, I know you're a busy woman. You know, the, the mm -hmm. world is at your fingertips, and... Uh, I am happy to have you, as I'm sure are your fans happy to hear you. It's been so long. Yes, it has been a while since WOW has been on the radar. <laughs> well, you know, it happens sometimes, and we're going to touch on a little bit of that. And, and uh, for, for the most part, we're going to be on you. We're going to talk about you and, and how you got involved and uh, where you think you may be going. Uh, elsewhere or should it come back that the whole nine yards all right so let's get to it how did you get hooked up with wow in the first place all right so you want to dive right into learning my origin story yes i do <laughs> well it was a bit of a culmination of events that led me to wow's door or should i say led wow to my door um, but the way I started with WoW is probably different than any other um, superhero on the roster. I actually first learned about WoW when I was giving a little speech at the JPL Laboratories to some engineers, and one of my colleagues, she was a fan of WoW. I think she had seen WoW at a live show and then also Comic-Con or something of that sort. Um, but she showed me and she said, you know, I think you would be interested in this company. So, of course, I did my due diligence and researched everything. But I, I was interested. I mean, it is such a unique, it's a unique industry, but it's also a unique company. So I made sure I got myself a meeting with David McLean and Jeannie Bus, and they were quick to bring me on board. And that's, that's how I started. And from there, my role has expanded to many different things. And I've, you know, I've done everything from managing to wrestling to working operations to helping with costumes. But it just all started with a recommendation. Really? And, mm -hmm. and your friend that, that did a record, did she, uh, was, did she try herself or was it just strictly, hey, I think you should uh, look into this? Yeah, strictly a fan. Hmm. So once as a fan, 
And then you go on to actually being on national television. Her reaction becomes what? Oh, well, she was very excited, obviously, and still is. I mean, I don't think she's missed a wow live show. We don't know wow live shows as of now. We're always in Los Angeles. So if someone lives in Los Angeles, they have the opportunity to go to all of the shows. All of the shows, excuse me. Okay. So were you a fan of the, the wrestling business proceeding getting into it, or, or was this just kind of, a, as you kind of said, like a happenstance here? You know, honestly, I was not a, a wrestling fan prior to WoW. I had not even watched much of it. I didn't grow up watching it. I didn't really have any close friends or family that were serious wrestling fans. So it was kind of a whole, it was a whole new world to me. Unlike most, of, you know, most wrestlers at WoW got into it because they love wrestling. And for me, it was kind of the other way around. I, I got into it because it intrigued me and then I learned to love wrestling. And it's such a multifaceted industry. And as a multifaceted individual, I can say that I'm very glad I've entered the business. And there's nothing else like it. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I do find in the, uh, the the few wild superheroes I've interviewed it, that you don't quite know which version of that you're going to get. Because, yes, you're right. You do have a, a lot of them who were, I was a fan ever since I was six. You have that, and then you have the other, right. the other side of it where it's like, well, no, I didn't really watch it. But once I got into it, it became this beautiful thing. Uh, so it, it's there, there's almost like an even split <laughs> down the middle. No, yeah, you, yeah, you hit the nail on the head with that one. You, we have everything from people who are basically born being a wrestling fan to people who have to be taught that one, two, three is how you lose. <laughs> Well, you know, it, it it happens like that. I mean, I know one of the biggest names in the women's wrestling industry, and I'm, I'm jumping into WWE land when I, I talked to her a couple of years ago, was not really a big wrestling fan. She just was very good at it once she got into it, and then she just became what she is, that being Mercedes Martinez for those people that's out there listening. Oh, wow. So, I mean, she, she only got into wrestling because basketball season was down, which is... No way. I did not I did not know that. That's interesting. I, <laughs> and I, look at her now. Yeah, <laughs> look, at, look at her now. She's on TV and, and regarded as one of the best ever, you know? And, yeah. And basically because she needed something athletic to do in her downtime. Uh, yeah, she, she was bored when there was no basketball to be had. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, it, it is something. But speaking of uh, the the backgrounds, let, let's talk about your personal background. You know, you, you got into some of that. You were doing a speech, so that that says something in, in and of itself. Um, but aside from your time in in wrestling or while specifically, what else are you into? What else does uh, uh, Samantha Smart or your alter ego do? Sure. Uh, well, sports-wise, I've always enjoyed tennis. I actually went to college on a tennis scholarship and went undefeated, so I continue to play that sport, and I love it. Um, professionally, my background is actually in technical design, so I went to a college in Missouri called Stevens. It's an all-women's school, mm-hmm. and I went there for product development and design, and I also minored in business. So my background is in technical design, um, basically that involves like curating and developing a process driven technical information. And then you pass that along to factories or production plants 
and then they can then follow your instructions to you know produce things properly on a mass scale. So that's the area of design that I love the most. You know, it's a different form of creativity because you're you're creative in the sense of you're making a plan instead of you're making the original design. So oh. I've I've enjoyed that. I've done that everywhere from Ralph Lauren in New York was my first uh, job in that industry. I've done what? a few other startups. Yeah, yes, actually, that was my first. Before Los Angeles, I tried out New York. Okay. <laughs> and then I worked for a few other little startups, and then um, I also worked for a Swedish denim company. And I loved doing technical design for denim because denim is so rigid. There's no stretch to it. It's just the numbers are the numbers. The math is the math. And if you get it right, it's right. And if you get it wrong, it's wrong. <laughs> so there, uh, there's some beauty in that. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I guess it's, it, it is what it is. As the math is the math. Right. But okay, so <laughs> I mean, you got all of this stuff going on here. Uh, are you currently still in the business with that? In, you mean in the design business? The design business, yes. Well, I've actually, I've, I'm trying to get out of it. I've had a few job offers actually this week, which I turned down because I just really enjoy, I enjoy the wrestling industry more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I enjoy working for myself more. I, I'm not really super into the nine to five thing. <laughs> as well, many people probably aren't. <laughs> yes. I think you speak for a lot of people when you say that. Right. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, as I'm hearing you say this, and you talk about you being in the design business, and clearly, you know, you, you must have been good at it to have the uh, the jobs that you've had. Um, so you, you, you're working on an exit plan, it sounds like. Like you, you're slowly kind of, uh, you say you're trying to get out of it. So I'm assuming that the money's good, but you, you're just trying to position yourself to where it's not a necessity. Is that relatively close? Kind of, yeah, yeah. Either, you know, or maybe some sort of combination thing. I don't ever want to leave it completely, mm-hmm. but I'm just not interested in it being my full time anymore, you know, and I'm not interested in it being my life goal. It doesn't feel like a purpose, you know, so I don't mind doing a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love making tech packs, which I can do part time, you know, from home, but I'm not, look- I'm not looking to do that full time. So a little bit of an exit strategy little bit of a combination strategy. Okay. I think the fans are now starting to understand the uh, the smart in your name at this point. But <laughs> I, I do have to rope back around to one thing that you said in that answer. Because typically, of the ones that I have uh, talked to, some more often than not, there's an interview process. And within that interview process, they're like, oh, this is in your background. Hey, we should do a character based around such and such. You brought up right. tennis. I am incredibly shocked that you didn't walk out with a tennis racket and a skirt and you know, what, you know, whatever the case may be, that you didn't suddenly find yourself from Wimbledon or something like that. <laughs> Well, it it probably could have happened. I mean, it was an obvious choice. I did I did mention it to them early on that I played tennis, but I'm not sure. I mean, it was actually Selena Majors was the one that really was like, "You're Samantha Smart. That's who you are. You can't you can't help yourself." You know, I was always making spreadsheets for training. I got involved with costumes. I was like, "Oh, let me help with that. I know you know how to make those perform better, how to fit better." So that that was all Selena. She saw right past the tennis. 
Oh, okay. So, so whatever it is that you were doing that way, it overshadowed anything that you had to do with tennis. I guess so. Yeah. And for those people out there that are, are uh, on the indie side of the world, she, Bambi is who she's talking about. Okay. Um, yes. Your hiring process. You went into some of that. Is, is, was there anything? I mean, you basically sought them out and uh, – and uh, kind of integrated yourself into it. So was it less of a hiring process for you and more of here I am, this is what I offer? Yeah, I mean, I definitely went after, I saw something that I wanted and I went after it. It worked out. So the the hiring process for me was pretty quick and efficient and probably different than most of the superheroes. It was kind of just an obvious fit. And I did sign paperwork pretty quickly after meeting David and Jeannie and then, you know, we just talked about our wild trainer, Selena, a.k.a. Bambi. And she was probably the toughest obstacle in my path. She gets me because she's a, a go-getter as well. But I think she wanted to make sure that I was, you know, more than just this crazy brain person that wanted to, like, control everything. <laughs> so she actually required me to attend training sessions, even though I didn't originally have super solid plans of being a wrestler for them. Mm-hmm. So... I had to go to the training, and my first training session was actually in a session with the Beast, which I'm sure you can imagine is yes. that that's a whole that's a whole other thing to walk into. Uh, but so I had to literally, you know, take some blows and learn the ropes. And the the scope of my work at Wow has just always been evolving and changing since then. That sounds like good times. Yes, you can't go wrong with Bambi telling you. Hey, you're gonna take a bump today, and here's the beast. <laughs> now you do know if there's footage of that anywhere in the world, then I'm sure that there the fan... is actually. I've seen it. Oh, <laughs> I, I, you know, now nah, don't worry for the cover. Just gonna say if that footage were to find its way out somewhere, some of those fans that are online looking for stuff may find it entertaining. I'm, I'm just... They might. They might. Samantha Smart getting her due. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people would like to see me suffer some pain. <laughs> oh, of, of listen, of course. You know, you, you were... You were uh, how can we put it? Uh, intriguing on television, to say the least. Oh, you know, I I really tried my best to help people when I was ringside. Is, is that what you call I'm, it? I'm a philanthropist, you know, just <laughs> helping people nonstop. <laughs> is that what we call it? We call it help helping people? Yeah, I mean, you can only do so much to to help the stupid, but I try. Oh, whew, okay. <laughs> uh, you know, that, that probably should be a t-shirt for you. It probably should be. See, look, You're right. There you You're go. coming up with some great ideas on this interview. <laughs> you can only do so much to help the stupid. Samantha <laughs> Smart in quotations down at the bottom. That's it right there. That's there's, the there's another. Listen, man, I, I know they got a store on pro wrestling tees. You know, it don't take much. It probably, probably take you all of five minutes to come to put the, the logo. Well, it didn't even have to be a logo. Just type the letters. And then send it to the, well, the, the file over. what I could do. You might see that shirt on there later. <laughs> I, look, just, just uh, you know, just give me a little wink and a nod or something, you know. Right. 
Say, Mr. Green came up with that. All right, there you go. <laughs> you know, I, I think you've answered mostly how Samantha Smart was created just in your interactions with uh, majors. But by your definition, who is Samantha Smart? Well, Samantha Smart is known as hashtag IQ superior. Um, and Samantha Smart is also known as the exalted deity of truth and knowledge. So those are a, a couple of things that I get referred to as often. But um, I offer beneficial learning opportunities to the IQ inferior masses. Uh, I basically, like we just spoke about, help stupid people nonstop. It's a full-time job. <laughs> and my persona is naturally superior. So being turned into a superhero wasn't really a big deal. You know, there's that's the thing about WOW. They take a little bit of who you are and kind of magnify it. So that that's why you were surprised I wasn't a tennis player. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so so Samantha, Kristen, whatever, we're both we're both smart, we're both IQ superior, and we both do our best to help all the stupid people. I see. Well, I think you certainly answered how you gotten around the uh, the tennis player thing. I think this just <laughs> speaks volumes for us. Although, you know, I, I, I'm going to say this, I I still think it might be something there. You know, but I'm I'm going to. Normally, I come up with a, a angle or, or a storyline along with my guests, and, and, and I'm a thing. I'm a, I'm a hold on to that till the end. And then you and, never and, know; it could happen. And we'll have our own little pitch, you know, just just between the <laughs> two of us. I give mine, you give me yours. I I, I think I got mine's already worked out now. Okay. <laughs> now you know because you are indeed an IQ superior, that fans are going to lose their minds if I do not ask this question. And I'm All sure right. you already know what this is heading to because if you've gone on any social media, probably including yours, you've seen the question a thousand times over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, so, can you talk about why, to the best of your knowledge, why Wow hasn't returned? I've I've already given my summary to it in another podcast because even I get it. I don't even work for Wow, so so <laughs> I'm just gonna leave that to you. To, to the best of your knowledge, can you provide anything for that? Well, I have all the answers that you and the fans are yearning for, but they are, as you could probably assume, what I'm going to say next. They are highly confidential. <laughs> So I can tell you that WoW is not gone, 100% for sure. Um, I wouldn't be doing this interview if WoW was gone. And WoW is very much here and very much coming back bigger and better. And everyone should keep an eye out for announcements because there are big things in play. I just can't give any details. Okay. Uh, so can't no, no details on the last no, last update as far as... Uh, what they may be planning to do or trying to do that, that, that is also listed in the realm of confidentiality. Yes. Okay. So for those out there, you can go back to my other podcast and hear, <laughs> hear Mr. Green's <laughs> provide you some information on that, or, or at least on the TV end of things. I, I, I did talk about it as far as the television, uh, uh, connection was concerned uh, and the only reason that I have that folks is because I was on the media list so they did 
that particular network that they were on at the time did give me something. So, uh, but as as far as the updates for what is doing in the future, that is uh, Miss Smart, and she is she is uh, she has that information classified. We'll we'll leave it at that. Um, she is listed as a wrestling manager when you've watched her on TV, and, and normally wrestling managers aren't. It, it, I, I will state this as a case of today, aren't high demand in the wrestling landscape. But if you reached out for any appearances or work by uh, other promotions across the country, something ha- has that happened? Uh, have you been reached out to? Let me let me rephrase that. Well, first of all, it blows my mind that managers are not in high demand. It's like an untapped wealth of entertainment and direction for wrestlers and companies as a whole. But yes, to answer your question, I have actually been contacted by a few other promotions about um, one asked me to be their GM and I've been reached out about to be just a, a manager like I am now. And I've also been approached by companies to wrestle in their events, which I find interesting because I'm not sure that they've ever seen me wrestle. <laughs> Maybe they just assume I'm awesome. <laughs> but uh, no, I, my efforts and my sights are aligned with WoW, so um, I'm not done conquering the WoW realm, so I haven't turned down all of those offers thus far. Thus far. You, now, do you know that in the... How long has WoW been around? WoW's been around since 2001, so... We're looking at 20 years now. And the 20-year run that WoW's had, there's only been one person that, as a WoW persona, worked outside of that company. As the character that she was uh, on TV. Which character? Uh, Riot. She oh, was, right, right. She was in the uh, first incarnation of WoW. Uh, April Littlejohn. Who was fantastic. Yeah, she, she still a, comes to some of our events. She, she was a fantastic interview. If uh, anybody out there wants to hear her also. Just <laughs> went up and down the line about <laughs> everything that she was doing in a while. So <laughs> she, just, just to pass that along. So, yeah. I mean, I, I, I say that to say that there is a precedent that exists. Um, uh, I think David was... I think all she did was ask, you know, essentially like, hey, this company wants to pay me to come out and do this as Riot. Because I'm sure if she had assumed some other name that was similar to Riot, she'd probably have been fine. But out of respect and, and out of the request, she decided to, you know, ask him. And, and this was during a long hiatus, so he gave her permission. Didn't Apparently it didn't hurt anything. So, you know, I wanted, I bring that up to say, A, like I said, the precedent has been set, and B, of those people that have approached you, did they say, hey, no, you don't have to worry about being Samantha Smart. You could just be, you know, IQ superior, whoever or whatever, just a little swing on the name or something like that. Did, did they ever approach you with anything of, of that nature? Uh, well, nobody ever even seemed concerned of, my contract with WoW or how it would affect WoW, which in my contract I would be a- I would be able to go and work for other companies. I would probably need to do a little tweak on the name, but um, yeah, I would be I would be able to. And even if I 
sat down and had a conversation with David, he would probably even let me use the name. But no, I mean, no, no one else seems to have any issues with it. I just, I personally like putting all of my energy into one thing at a time. That's it. It's, they, they don't ask the right questions. They're not thinking. So if I'm a promoter. That's right. They're, they're not thinking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's uh, see what you did there. <laughs> but so, yeah, if I'm a, if I'm a promoter, I, you know, I'm thinking, hey, I, I, I don't even want to come close to infringing on that copyright. So let's just forget that and come in as so-and-so. Right there. They're asking to get trouble brought out upon themselves. <laughs> I would think so. Not very I mean, smart. <laughs> unless they have something from David or you know whoever legal department they have, I, I would think so. But you know, for you promoters out there, you got to be thinking about this stuff, man. Come on, step happens, it up. Happens all the time. But you know, uh, as you said, you were surprised that managers aren't used more. Well, well, we're going to blame WWE for that because it all trickles downhill from them. Once upon all right, a time, then that sounds good. <laughs> It, well, yeah. Once upon a time, they they had managers galore, but once WWE decided that they didn't use them anymore, everybody else decided they didn't use them anymore. So, what can you say? It's a mistake. It is very much so. Yes. Uh, but apparently, uh, I'm going to say that you've answered the the next one because you have been contacted, and so the the promoters out there clearly must know how to do it. So. Maybe, maybe they'll come up with a better plan if they choose to uh, try that uh, going forward. Um, your primary partner in WoW, the disciplinarian, Robin Reed, or Ivory Robin for some of you out there. Uh, she continues to wrestle here and there on her independent side. Uh, have you two ever thought or considered taking the act on the road? Well, for now, the disciplinarian is continuing to wrestle here and there at other promotions, and she is smart to do so because she needs to keep her skills sharp for when we dominate WoW. Um, I'm staying at WoW, like I said, uh, with the disciplinarian alongside her. I chose her for a reason, and I believe that long-term she will yield a high ROI for me. So I'm, I'm definitely not done using the disciplinarian as my proxy. And we've really... We have yet to take our combined skills on the road, but never say never. And I don't, I'm not sure if you know this, but the disciplinarian is also doing booking now, talent booking for other companies. So so she seems to be taking a role similar to my role in WOW of being in charge of other wrestling companies. So it'll be interesting when she comes back to WOW, if we combine our skills together, what we'll be able to do and probably will get us a few steps closer to that championship belt. Yes, I, I did notice that she was uh, doing that. I, I can't remember the name of the specific promotion. I believe one of was in Texas and the other one's in Florida. So, uh, yeah, she, she's she's moved on and up in the world. Yes. You have chosen correctly. <laughs> yes, I think I made a great selection with her. Uh, aside from WoW, that's very often it is uh, kind of categorized as a television show and thereby it's a not a big jump for other television and movie opportunities. <clears throat> Have you done any television and or movies before Science to WoW? Uh, no. 
I actually have no background in television or movies. I was not previously an actress or anything of that sort. Uh, the closest thing I have done in that area, which is completely unrelated, but I did participate in a trivia game show, and of course I won. Uh-huh. But other than that, I have never, I've never been on any show or movie or anything like that. Okay. Yeah, but I can see why you would ask that question, because Wild does uh, have some people that come to them, and they were originally actresses. Yes. There are a few so, that I've known. Makes that sense. Oh, absolutely. So that being said, now would you get into television or movies having been on Wild? <laughs> because now you are no longer capable of saying, I don't have a television background. You do. You that have, is true. <laughs> you, you, you wipe that out. I, I certainly have the background now. Um, I don't think I would really pursue anything in terms of acting, but I would pursue something in terms of production. I I do like working production and organizing things, and I, I love, you know, pulling off a schedule where things get done correctly and, you know, the show runs perfectly. Mm-hmm. So I would get into the television industry, but on the production side probably, not acting. Okay, so so the uh, allure of being in front of the camera is is not something that drives you. No, no, yeah, that doesn't do anything for me. Well, well now you do know that some of your fans are going to feel a little surprised, perhaps. I mean, <laughs> uh, you being you know quite an attractive female, you know, I, I know that you have a, a wide fan base. Although some of them feel differently when you do some of these heinous acts, you know, at ringside. But oh yes, my philanthropy, yes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I love how we just uh, divert that into philanthropy. Yes, <laughs> that categorization is very important. Apparently, yes. it, it, uh, it it justifies everything <laughs> once we we, mm-hmm. we change Indeed. it. So, so production. I'm going to assume that you, you've participated in a production of Wild, perhaps to the least. I mean, you on camera, you're smart, smart behind the scenes. You you uh, offer a little the help here and there. Here's a spreadsheet. Here's oh. here's how we should shoot for the day. Here's the segments. Blah blah blah. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say I offered them a little bit of help. I would say I run the show, Ooh. but. There are a lot of moving pieces, a lot of personalities, a lot of factors involved, and I just love a good challenge. I mean, love isn't even a strong enough word. I There's nothing more exciting to me than a challenge, and production is just that. It is a challenge when you have that much going on at one time and the stakes are so high. And I can remain professional and friendly with the production crew, and then I can save all my frustrations for when I get to rip off my headset and walk out ringside next to the disciplinarian and, you know, employ some of that philanthropy that we just talked about. Look, I help people everywhere, right? I help the production crew. I help the wrestlers while I'm ringside. I'm just so nice. Uh, (laughs) Are you back there with a yardstick hanging over the top of people? That's right. (laughs) I always always buy a 12-pack of the yardsticks before production just to make sure. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I think that answers the questions whether the yardsticks get used or not if you buy them by the twelve pack. Oh yes. <laughs> so now that 
For some people that are not used to production days, they can be exceptionally long. Uh, yes, it can be fun, uh, very creatively uh, accomplishing, and, and, and everything in between, tiring, upsetting, angering, or whatever the case may be. Uh, but can you give a snapshot of, of uh, what, Wild's production day for you is like. Yeah, well, each of the taping days they they vary in length and they vary with what is going to go on. Um, but for me, I'm usually the very first person there and the very last person to leave. So it is it is a lot. It's it's tiring, but it's exciting. I mean, the actual portion of filming where it's wrestling usually doesn't start until about like 6 p.m. and then goes till roughly 11 p.m. Sometimes it is a little longer. That usually goes on for a few consecutive nights, usually two to four nights. Mm. And then separate from that, usually during those same days or the days surrounding it, you have your additional filming. So things like the vignettes or capturing footage that tells the stories behind the superheroes, you know, behind the matches. And I think Wild does a really good job taping that extra extra content you know it's no one wants to watch a match if they don't know why that match is occurring so it's really important during filming to to capture all of that so people can see the whole picture of what's going on so the taping days yes they are they're extremely long they're extremely demanding but they're each day is unique and different and each day brings a new challenge so it's definitely never boring i, I can imagine that's a, I, I absolutely can uh, imagine that the, the days are, <clears throat> like I said, exceptionally long and uh, can provide quite a bit for all of you guys that just day to day. And I, now if I'm not mistaken, uh, at the beginning of 2020, there there was a a uh, a final set of tapings is it, am I am I correct in that? Yes, yes. There, there's actually. I don't know if it would be considered a season. I would call it a season, but there is a season of Wild that is unseen. So that will be. I can't reveal too much, but that that will be shown on the network. Okay. So that um, that will be available for fans in form of television. Well, we uh, we certainly hope that they get the opportunity to see that sometime soon. That would be fantastic that they get a chance to watch WoW once again. And I know that uh, there were some new personas introduced during this time. Um, I can't remember them off the top of my head, so I'm going to apologize to those that, that, are, <laughs> that are part of the new breed of WoW, as, as they may say. But uh, yeah, I do know that there's some new faces that that should be turning up in the WoW and uh, a returning champion, uh, the Beast, and, and uh, what the new tag team Exile, and of course yourself, the Disciplinarian, Abilene, so on and so forth. So there was, there's probably a, a quite a bit of stuff that's going on there, and uh, as as best I know, it is a a, a measure of finding a new home for this content to be revealed. Right, right, yeah. The the proper home, the proper the proper fit for a while is what is needed. 
And you're right. There's a lot. There's a lot going on in that new season. So I cannot wait until people can see it. I mean, there's so many new superheroes that I. It would probably take me a while to even list them all. I mean, I could name some. Like we have Chainsaw and her sister Angelica Dante. We have Venomous. We have Callie Ray. There's just a whole slew of of new people on the roster, which makes it, you know, adds some nice dimension to things. As a manager, will you be looking for new uh, talent to acquire? Well, I'm always looking for new acquisitions and mergers. Um, so my eyes are always open. It's just a matter of if anyone is worthy of my time. <laughs> well, con- considering the talent, and I would think that you would at least have one or two that uh, would be worthy of your time, I, I would hope. Um, oh, yes, yes. I-, I have my eyes on a few. Okay. Very good. Uh, these days, there are a number of all-female promotions in the U.S. right now. Uh, in your opinion, how does WOW differ from those that some uh, other listeners may be familiar with, Shimmer Shine, WSU Girl Fight, etc.? Yeah. Um, well, WOW and all of the superheroes that are under the umbrella of WOW have been out and out front for years changing perceptions about women's wrestling, women's sports, and, you know, kind of winning over the hearts of fans with, with our unique brand. And WOW, as I'm sure you know, is owned by Jeannie Buss, who is also the owner of the Lakers. And she grew up loving comic books. Like, she loved Supergirl, Wonder Woman, and she saw women's wrestling on TV and thought there needed to be a company that was catering specifically to making women the stars of the ring. You know, not a sideshow, not an add-on, but the star, the focal point. Mm-hmm. So she joined forces with David McLean, and since then they have really worked hard with the always having the same purpose in mind of changing the status quo of professional wrestling. You know, really creating a company and making it possible and giving women a platform to aspire to be superheroes in the ring as athletes. So WOW has kind of trailblazed a path for other promotions, and I think it's great. I'm super pleased to see that so many there are so many more avenues now for women and women athletes to get the spotlight that they deserve. I think cool, th- cool things are happening right now. Mm, okay. Uh, speaking of the, uh, the wrestler side of things, when you entered WOW originally, uh, of course, you were labeled as Samantha Smart, but was there any effort or attempt for you to be a wrestler opposed to a manager? Well, I, the short answer would be no. Um, whether I'm inside the ring or outside of the ring, I always have the same goal, and that's achieving results. And if I can do that without taking a bump or getting hit in the head, then that's <laughs> all the better, right? <laughs> I mean, I have an IQ superior skill set but I feel like I can use that ringside just as well, if not better, as in the ring and, you know, protect the precious brain. But but you, you're so fit, so athletic, you know. <laughs> yeah. it, it seems like it would be a natural that somebody there would have said, hey, you know, I think she can do it. Let her get into the ring. Well... I won't reveal too much, but it might be in my future. But yes, I'm, but I'm always, I'm, you know, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ringside. I've been trained. I'm ready for action. I can step in when I need to, but I'm not going to step in unless I need to. Okay. Uh, oh, that's fair. I mean, look, every, every manager gets roped into it at some point, 
I mean, normally against their will because, because they don't necessarily want to wrestle. They just get forced into it or, or something along those lines. And that then becomes the entertainment. I mean, you have to do what you have to do to get the win, you know. If your, <laughs> your partner needs help or if you get involved, then so be it. Well, see, that, that, that might be bad for depending on who you're getting in the ring with. You know, now you, you said earlier that you were kind of tested out against the Beast, but if you were going against the Beast today, you know, that, that might be a whole different uh, ball of wax there, you know. Well, I would definitely need a solid strategy if I didn't want to die in the ring. So <laughs> I would need to plot that out ahead of time. <laughs> I, I would hope so. Yes, you, you probably would need to give that some, some serious thought. Or yeah. <laughs> Yes. I, but, I, you know, I don't know if a good spreadsheet would work in that one. I mean, uh, it, to, to paraphrase Tyson, everybody's got a plan that they get punched in the face. <laughs> then it goes out the window. Don't, don't don't put that on me. Don't don't I'm put that not, on me. I'm not gonna, first match be against the beast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna put that on you. Okay, we, we're gonna, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying I know that the, you, know, you you come off as very fit, very athletic. You know, so it would be surprising that you have not uh, at least tested the the ropes, so to speak, at some point. How tall are you? Um, I'm five ten. So I'm a tall one. Yeah, so you, you would fit perfectly fine. Probably tower over a, a fair number of them. Yeah, I think I, I think I am taller than a, a vast majority of the roster. Now see, there you go. Now, of course, <laughs> they they may tie you up in, in wrestling maneuvers or whatever the case may be. Like, but you do have the the uh, the benefit of using leverage. Yes, yes, that's that's the the beautiful thing. Now, did we uh, go into what you were doing in the interim while while this hiatus is uh, taking place? We know you fielded some some uh, questions and uh, some people were asking for your services, other promotions asking for appearances, but uh, just I don't know day to day. What what are we doing now? Well, I'll give you the honest answer, which will be a little off because of, no, I don't think I've ever mentioned this before in an interview, but I've been spending my extra time. Well, first of all, let's not let anyone think that that I'm I'm slacking for a while here because I'm staying fit and in shape and studying and I'm ready. So when it returns, no one's going to pull one over on me. But in my spare time, I've been entertaining one of my favorite hobbies, which is entomology. And I don't think I've ever mentioned that before, but um, there are more than one million different species of insects to date, and it's the most abundant group of animals in the world. So what? there's nothing more interesting to me to study than insects. So I've actually been increasing my collection of species and studying their habits, like um, cottonus metabolis and darklings are my main species right now that I'm studying, but summer is approaching which is my favorite time of year because that's when all the bugs come out. So I have more to study and yeah, I've just really enjoyed the extra time to, with my studies. Wow. And I'm sure that, yeah, you're, you're right. I don't think anybody probably knew that about you at all. I don't, I'm not sure if it's ever come up in, in any line of, of, uh, well, certainly not on wow. 
Although that no, would be interesting. No, no one usually asks you about bugs, so it's definitely an off topic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, although I, I, there again, I think that that would be an interesting thing to just walk in. Camera comes into the room and sees Samantha Smart fiddling around with bugs. <laughs> I mean, you there are pretty large bug nets. I could probably run out with a bug net and capture some of the shorter superheroes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, and okay, now you do that, and then what do you what do you uh, redefine it as? Because you you redefined yourself as uh, it's not interference, it's philanthropy, and you know. So so you come in, you have a bug net, you capture a wild superhero. <laughs> what do we call that? Oh well, that that would probably be just changing, you know, their placement. I'm helping them. They probably have not placed themselves appropriately because of lack of intelligence. So I'm just repositioning them for their own benefit. So once again, it's philanthropy. Oh, okay. So it still falls under the umbrella of philanthropy. Forceful repositioning. Forceful repositioning, but for their own good, of course. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't be doing this to you if you just uh, listened to me. Now I have have to make you. Exactly. You know, they do it to themselves. (laughs) Now, that's terrible. Terrible. But... (laughs) But amongst all of this and the things that you do, uh, were you at any point a model by trade? Um, I have I have modeled in the past, but it was always just circumstantial. I never really sought it out. Since I really? went to a, kind of like an art school, mm-hmm. you know, I did do some modeling for some fellow classmates and some local companies. And I, I've done little things here and there, but I've never actively pursued it. It's not exciting to me. Um, the one form of modeling that I do like is fit modeling. Mm. That's when you go in and, um, you kind of help the designer understand how to improve the fit. Like, you know, maybe say, oh, bring up the front rise a quarter of an inch, or if you, you know, take that side seam in or this or that. I I do enjoy fit modeling because then you're helping develop a plan. You know, you're not just standing there like a body. (laughs) Not, not, no, not throwing any, you know, insult <laughs> to model. That's a perfectly respectable job. Just saying it's not for me. <laughs> oh, well, it's, 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 you know, somebody's got to do it, but I, you know, it's just, it's funny to hear like, well, I've, yeah, I've done it, but I just kind of fell into it. You know, <laughs> but, because that's how it happened. <laughs> you, you, it's like, you, you just falling into these positions and you know, somebody out there is like, what? <laughs> not fall into uh, being a model or on national television. You know? <laughs> I guess there's worse places to fall. <laughs> the world's big. You know, well, I mean, technology's made it tiny, but the world's a big place. There's a lot of worse places you can fall. All kinds of things. So that, that but, you know, luck, I guess, or good timing or the universe is aligned correctly. Superior intelligence, call it what you will. She has uh, <laughs> found a way to make it work and work in her favor on multiple platforms, modeling, managing, design, you name it, production. Jack of all trades, a jewel right. of all trades, something like that. Yes, but, but you know, it's I don't just fall into things. I actively seek them, so there's, there's no luck involved here. Well, there you go. So, so yeah, we should we should uh, redefine that a little bit. The falling into is is not just I was standing here and hey, what's your bottle for me? It's not like it's not that. 
It's more of, yeah. hey, you know, could I do this? And you're approved. Or you seek Indeed. it out and you come with, you come with the plan. You didn't just walk into WoW saying, hey, I want to be on TV. It's like, hey, I can, I can do this, 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 this. And, and they saw value in what you provided. Yes, I, I think value is probably a key to many things. It is. It, 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 it provides the leverage needed to get where you want to go. If you don't, you don't provide value, yes. what have you? Nothing. There then you. you're just an IQ inferior. And there you have it. <laughs> Catchphrase. She tosses it out again. You're just, <laughs> you're just an IQ inferior. Write that down. No T-shirt. <laughs> That's right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have the whole T-shirt shop taken over by the time we're done with this interview. <laughs> Well, you're gonna have some good product. That that's the that's the key here. You're gonna have some good product that you can throw out there for the uh, the wow fan base. You're just IQ inferior, so they too can get the the chance to feel smart as Samantha. See what I did there? Walk, walking around with a t-shirt. Yes, good good play on words there. I so saw I caught that. <laughs> <laughs> So now we're going to test your memory for your participation and philanthropy on the show. And we're going right. to recap. This is my pop quiz? Well, no, not, not the pop quiz yet. This, this is your, your recap of your interactions. I just want you to give me and the, and the listenership uh, a, a little bit of what you recall in these particular moments, uh, the match itself, your participation in the match. Uh, of course, I have said on a number of occasions, like I, I, I know it not being live, it lends itself to being an edited product. It, you know, it, it is taped and then you can find the best angles and so on and so forth. But when you do that, sometimes you may lose a, a shot of you doing something here or something there. So it, it's, right. if, if there's something that um, took place that is like, hey, you know, I I actually did smack her in the head with a yardstick here. Because, you know, there was a long period of time that I, I don't think I ever saw you participate. You you did a lot of ringside. And, and sometimes I didn't see you talk. You know, I know you were there. And we saw the vignettes. But I, I don't, uh, I'm going off of my memory right now. I, I don't recall seeing you uh, interact in the first couple of episodes. I might be wrong, but towards the end, you know, you got the big bump, which is great. But um, just little things like that, because I know uh, your your uh, managerial colleague, we'll call her that, Lopez, was kind of positioned in the same way where she was there, but sometimes that camera, or at least the edit of what was going on, kind of cut her out of it, which was right, a shame. Right, right. Because I, 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 there was one episode I remember specifically where she was doing something, but it was a, a wide shot. So unless you were doing a show review like me, I said, you probably wouldn't notice it. And, which I said, right, I, right, I, yeah. Some of those details get lost. And yeah, I was like, it's a shame because like that, that's what she's there for. She's there to be the manager, and that detail, as you said, got lost in the uh, in the edit. Now I understand the grand picture was caged heat at the time. But uh, still, you know, you, you want to know that they're getting the chance to play their part, so to speak. So <clears throat> let's uh, 
go through your mental database here. All right. And as I uh, have found in research, episode three, season five, is uh, the we're, we're talking ringside, not vignette. Yet the first appearance of uh, Samantha Smart. Yes, and I believe that was the disciplinarian's first appearance as well. I think ah, that was for both of us. That's the, the package deal. Uh, so when you two hooked up, was it um, suggested by uh, David or Majors, or did you come, hey, you know, I think we should be paired off together? Or, you know, I, I, I forgot to ask, how did the pairing of uh, – the disciplinary and Samantha Smart uh, exists. Was that something that they were already kind of prepared for? Like, hey, we got to find a manager for her, or or whatever the case may be. Uh, well, there were there were a few things thrown out there before I ended up with the disciplinarian. Mm-hmm. Uh, originally, for a season that a live taping that I don't believe actually was ever aired, they had wanted me to do an actual wrestling match, um, which I didn't end up doing. My opponent got injured. But um, I, they had also had talks of me doing tag team with some people or being managers for others, but it just never, it never felt right. It never clicked. So I actually selected the disciplinarian myself. Um, I found her through Santana Garrett, actually. Mm-hmm. Santana Garrett had trained with her. So I brought her stats and her paperwork to David McLean and Selena and said, I, w- I would like to see if we can bring you know, disciplinarian on board, and I would like to be her manager. Okay, so so the uh, the lines of television and reality are easily blurred. There, I mean, so what the disciplinarian did in, on TV, Kristen did in reality. Right, and but disciplinarian is actually a teacher. Oh, sorry, <laughs> did I say the disciplinarian? So she, she is smart. She really is a. Disciplinarian is really a teacher in Florida, so I felt that she was a solid, a solid selection. You know, I didn't just pick someone random. If there's going to be someone <laughs> that's smart and knows discipline, she that would be her. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I until I um, ah gosh, I talked with her uh, twice. I interviewed her twice, and, and I had no idea that she had, that she was a legit teacher until uh, after the wow ran. <laughs> Because I, you know, my first instinct was, why, why teacher? Why the heck did they do that? And then, you know, all of a sudden, I'm seeing you know, teacher posts. I was like, oh, okay, well, that explains that. <laughs> yep, real life teacher. Uh, that's got to be weird, though. <laughs> Those students are probably very well behaved and terrified. <laughs> well, well, I'm hoping that she leaves the powder with you, with y'all in uh, L.A. <laughs> actually walk around with that thing. I mean, you know, I'm not even sure. We we'll have a whole anymore. generation of traumatized students. <laughs> yes, but the disciplinary now that she picked up the mantle from, uh, or at least the name, uh, from the previous incarnation of the disciplinarian. So now you you've kind of reshaped it, or the two of you have shaped it and remolded it into this pairing, which which works great on camera. And in that episode, you got to face off against one of the outstanding talents on the independent circuit, and now on Impact Wrestling, Kiara Hogan, who is one half of the uh, Knockouts Tag Team Championship. Um, 
surprisingly enough, which was won half of the Wild Tag Team Championships uh, at the yeah. end of the season. So she she did double duty as a as a champion. But there she participates as Fire, and in this first appearance, I'm sorry, I have to read the results. Fire defeated your charge, the disciplinarian, in episode three. Uh, not happy about that, I'm sure. Well, at least we lost to someone who went on to be a tag team champion, so we had that in our favor. But, um, you know, I wouldn't say we learned any lessons from Fire. She's a great wrestler, but probably would you know, fall under the IQ inferior category. Um, the knowledge I did take away from that match was that the refs need a remedial course on how to count. I mean, I don't understand how it can be so hard to count with a consistent tempo. So there's that. Obviously, a training course is needed there. Or we could even one-up that and replace them by AI technology with something a little bit more consistent. So not making excuses, but just giving you some insight there as to maybe possibly why we lost instead of won. And I believe that match, I think I might have accidentally hit Fire's knuckles or hand. I don't know. I was just trying to measure the ring because things seemed a little off, but I think her hand did get in my way. Uh-huh. So, but, but she made a full recovery. <laughs> I, I would hope so. Uh, so yeah. that that is what you recall, that accidents may have happened. Accidents may have happened, and we may have lost, but may may not have been our fault. Um, may have been the ref's fault. But yes, Fire was a great wrestler. Uh, Still is. It's, it's absolutely is. And as you talked about earlier, one of those people who um, I want to be a wrestler. She she falls into that category. Very, yes. Very easily. When I uh, yes. met her, she because she is an Atlanta native. Um. Independent show, and and I found that she is a fan of Mickey James. I was going to say it might be embarrassing for her, but she said it on camera. So what am I what am I talking about? <laughs> and that interview still exists out there, folks. Introducing series, I think she's uh, episode two or something. So free plug for me. Um, <laughs> speaking of episodes, episode five. Season five, and, and by the way, for those that are keeping track out there, I am judging the seasons of WoW based off of how WoW compiled them on their own, not how Access TV did. Access TV kind of wiped the slate and started over. This is me going from, you know, they did it from 2001 on up, and they kept count of everything. So if anybody's asking, like, hey, they never had a season five, it, it exists within the way WoW originally cut it. So, just, just right. so you know. Um, so, episode five, season five, the disciplinarian we're going to score a win with your uh, guidance. She defeated, it's always hard to say, Chantilla Chella. Chilly, yes, yes, we, like we did secure that victory against Chantilly Chella. Um, uh, there, there's not much to say. I mean, we killed her. We destroyed her. <laughs> you, right? <laughs> you know, it, it's it's funny how you uh, – there was more explanation for, 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 the, for the loss. Here is just, oh, yeah, we're done. It, yeah, yeah, we, we already, you know, took the trash out. <laughs> 
<laughs> any memories of the match itself? With you ringside, did you hit the? I mean, yes, I understand it was a, it was an easy win. You you guided her to, to victory. But <laughs> any any memories of other than the elation that you felt when you're your, your disciplinarian won? Well, I remember that the crowd seems so enamored and excited when someone comes out in colorful clothing and dances. So. Everybody seems to get excited when Chantilly comes out. You know, they they say their little whoop whoop thing or, you know, whatever. So that's kind of annoying. We have to wait for everyone to settle down so we can, you know, focus on our task at hand. So there was that. And then I, I believe, um, I think, let's see, because we've had other matches with Chantilly, so I don't want to get things mixed up. But I believe that was the match where I had to use my ruler I had to just pull her head a little bit outside of the ring to give her some advice because I was worried for her safety. Oh, you know, she was getting hurt. So I had just, I had to do it quick because, you know, safety is first at WOW. So I had to just kind of pull her head over the ropes just to give her a little pep talk because, I mean, I want disciplinary to win, but I don't want permanent, permanent damage done on other members of the roster. So th- that's a memory I have for sure. And then I remember the disciplinarian's hand being raised and us going out of the ring to go backstage and talk about how to win the next match. Uh, <laughs> I, I love your um, explanation as to the hows and the why. Do you remember how the crowd reacted to you and uh, the disciplinarian? You know, I'll never fully understand it. Maybe they don't like the way I, I help people, or maybe they're just insecure of their own stupidity, but they don't seem to like us very much. That's no. for sure. No. It's a very loud booing, and yeah, they they don't like when I help our my opponents, which is shocking to me. I mean, that's like what good guys do. So you think I would be getting, you know, the signs made for me and all the praise and all the whoop whoops, but no, we just get the boos, but that's okay. We don't do things for, you know... For for the support of the fans, we do things because it's the right thing to do, you know, to instill discipline back in the world and intelligence. So we'll we'll take some booze to be able to accomplish that. Is there a little part of Samantha Smart that wants some cheers? No. No, no, not no, at all. No, no, emotions are a human construct. I don't have any time for it. Oh, ooh, okay. You're not, uh, not happen to be part of the Borg clan, would you? <laughs> no. That's for you Star Trek people out there. <laughs> I mean, you know, to say nothing of the fact that there are probably several pieces of fan art that display you as somewhat of a cyborg or android, whichever uh, version you decide to uh, to uh, uh, take of that fandom. Yeah, well, I mean, I can understand why people would portray me like that because I have kind of like surpassed normal human achievement. So it's it's obvious that people would think like, oh, you know, maybe she has AI technology or some other advances. I've even had people like ask me if I've been to other multiverses. So it, the fans are crazy. <laughs> and, and what is the stock and trade answer for that? That's classified? <laughs> classified. Well, then you should just wow them with the information about parallel dimensions and quantum physics, and you know that that'll pretty much bring that to a close. I'm sure. 
That's right. Their mind will probably implode into an event horizon, which could turn into a black hole, and then they'd be gone, and we wouldn't even have to listen to them. Boo. <laughs> You just, you and the fans, uh, we'll go over that a little bit later. I think you have some uh, unresolved issues with the fan base that is out there ringside as as you do your work. Um, Episode eight, uh, probably not a a good day for you and um, the disciplinarian. Again, uh, my apologies. Steffi Slays. Defeated the disciplinarian on this episode with uh, you at ringside. Would mm. you would you care to uh, make comments about Miss Slays? Oh boy! Well, she's certainly positive. She never gives up, so she has that going for her. Uh, my only explanation for her even existence in WoW is, I guess, usually is to be a loser and make other people feel better. But somehow it didn't pan out that way for us. So I, I think it was actually her first win, which is terrible for us. Mm. Um, but I think we, we underestimated her. You know, we just assumed it was going to be an easy win and we didn't take into consideration her dedication and that she just literally never gives up. So I did, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about it later, but I have righted that wrong since then. Yes. And we did, I believe, did, I think I got in the ring after that match. I don't know if that made it to the final cut, but I did get a little bit of revenge after that match was over. I had to take off my heels and jump in real quick, and I might have accidentally, oh, no, now I remember. Okay, now I'm really mad. She actually <laughs> broke my ruler with her back. Did you see that, or was that edited no, out? No, I think that was edited out. My ruler with her back. Wow. Oh. Man. Okay. Can you believe that? How dare she? Rude. <laughs> the, 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 the gall of her to break your, your ruler, your, your yardstick with her back. It could have been my last one for all she knew. So she, maybe she's not as nice as what everyone says. Maybe, may, maybe, but you know, that, that could, could you, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to just, Veer off to an old managerial thing here. There, there was a manager back in the day, you know, we're, we're, who was uh, regarded as one of the greats, if not the great, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Yes. He, as a challenge to himself, more or less, took someone who was a, a complete loser in their, their world and decided that I am so good of a manager, I'll make this guy into a winner. I'll take Steve Lombardi, who's the guy that was on TV and lost week in, week out, and I'll make him the Brooklyn Brawler. And then all of a sudden he has some praise on him. I mean, he never really won championship and whatnot. But I say that to say this. Do you? Because, you know, Steffi Slays, you're right. And I, 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 was, I will word this nicer than you. I won't call her what you did. But she did have a challenging time securing a victory. We'll put it yeah. that way. Would you, Samantha Smart, sit down and, and talk with her and offer your services to uh, perhaps guide her in the ways of winning more efficiently and more often? Well, I do like a good challenge, so that that yes, yeah, so I would I would be open to that. I would consider that just purely for my own sake to have a challenge and you know maybe to help 
other people with efficiency too. I think she could use that. That's a great idea. Okay. And and just to recap, which because you, you did put context to this is that she was uh, somewhat of a losing streak. And unfortunately the, the disciplinarian was the one that provided the win. But uh, as you said, giving the fact that she had the record that she had, probably not something that anyone would take seriously. And right, yeah, which, we barely even prepared for that match. Which was the with the the fatal flaw, the error in this, in this particular instance, correct? Yes, yes, correct. Well, so now we go to... Uh, the next season, actually. So out of season five, ringside at least, you've only appeared three times. That's a crime. Why, why did the disciplinarian Samantha Smart only appear three times in the in the entirety? And, and, and again, we're talking matches, not vignettes, and because your presence was felt throughout the season. But uh, why only three times? Were you cut out? With it was a match that took place that just never made it air at all. Or, you know, there, there were a few other matches that were in the works, but they didn't, they didn't get filmed. They didn't get edited. They didn't make it to the show. So yeah, you, you got it right. Those were the three matches. Did you rub some people the wrong way, telling them how to do their job in the back and they just said, I'll show her. Well, maybe, but I think that um, I think I mostly am just helping people, so I can't understand how that would rub anyone the wrong way. <laughs> you, you don't? Okay. That would be hilarious. That should be a video. That would be hilarious. Just put this camera just angle making on. Every, just this. annoying everyone. Just, just backstage. <laughs> don't use that shot. Use this one. <laughs> no, that one there. You should count faster. And the second you walk out the room, you just okay, erase. <laughs> right, she's she's deleted. <laughs> I thought we were going to be on the show this week. I don't know what happened. I don't know, disciplinarian. I don't know why they keep canceling our matches. <laughs> <laughs> That's look at that. That that is high entertainment right there. <laughs> high entertainment right there. Look at that. You just wrote a segment for the show. Uh, we're we're writing everything right now. <laughs> yeah, look, you're right. Just write, take genie bus. Take all this stuff. This is free for you. There you go. That's right. <laughs> so we're in season six now, and your first appearance is the first episode, along with, of course, the disciplinarian, and you take on Sassy Massey. Sassy Massey defeats the disciplinarian. In the first episode of season six of Wow Access TV, uh, now in fairness to you, much like Fire, Sassy Massey is uh, uh, for those out there Alicia Edwards, who also appears on Impact Wrestling currently. So she has a high caliber uh, wrestling pedigree, and much like Fire, aka Kier Hogan, if if you have to go down, you know you. It, there's no shame in losing to the Los Angeles Lakers. There's no shame in losing to the Patriots when Brady was there. You know that it, it, it can be it can be painful when it happens. But it, it, when, if you know you're going up against top tier talent, does does that take some of the the, the sting off, or you always striving like, no, we got we got to jump that hurdle? Yeah, and it's the way I look at it is it's not always about the immediate win. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we're playing 4D chess here. We're going for that long term, the big goal. You know, we want the belt. We don't just need these little wins in the interim. So sometimes if you lose, but if you if you learned great lessons and if you improved your skill set, then really you're going to win long term. So, yes, this was a loss, but it's just part of our bigger plan. And something positive did come out of that match because I don't, I think this did make the cut, so I'm sure it aired. Um, but I was able to facilitate a remedy to save Dopey Massey during this match. I mean, I saved her from choking on the crude pork rinds that I saw her eating before the ring engagement. So I, once again, helping people. Always thinking of others. I, I don't know how those fans out there could boo you the way they do. They're just horrible people. <laughs> to, to, to do those such things shame on you fans out there shame yes. yes shame on them but it's fine i don't mind saving a life is more important than you know getting some praise from the iq inferior fans so i saved massey we did take a loss but we learned a lot from that match and we will we face them later on too so i mean it's the more you know your opponents the better off you are you are constantly uh acquiring stats and information about your, your opponents. As you said, this, this is the long game. Uh, are, is there a spreadsheet or a database somewhere that has the, uh, the she does this, she, she's not strong on the left side, she has a weak uh, uh, drop kick, blah, blah, blah. All the stats that a wrestler would need to know to defeat someone else, is that, that exists in the uh, Samantha Smart home database or just in your mental Rolodex? Oh, oh, both. I mean, I have it all memorized by heart, but I also developed my own software to where I track this and I can actually predict the outcomes of, of these matches before we even step in the ring. So that, that's a software that I'm still working on. So it's not perfect yet, but by the time it's done, we'll be unstoppable because I, I mean, you can suss out a match before it even happens. How could you, how could anyone beat you? True. So, so have we thought about uh, approaching your colleagues uh, with this information for sale, you know, for a fee, of course, the, the Samantha Smart's uh, guide to winning as he uh, talks to uh, Lopez and Lana Starr, perhaps <laughs> have everything that you need right here in this book. Well, right now I keep that information to myself, but um, I would be open to sharing it, using it, exploiting it. It, it all just depends on what you know, what's going to be most beneficial. Mm-hmm. All right. So, your presence on the show was not long gone. You came, you skipped episode two as far as being ringside. Came back episode three. And a tag team match for the first time with uh, Abilene Maverick against Sassy Massey and Tantilla Chella. And did not work out well for you guys. Uh, unfortunately, the tag team thing didn't didn't kind of pan out there. Uh, memories of this this match. Well, that was my first time being ringside for a tag team match so that was that was interesting for me just in and of itself but that that Abilene Maverick was you know 
an interesting merger experiment that I was testing out because um, I felt that combining my knowledge and her connections could be fruitful, but I also, more importantly, thought that Abilene could balance out disciplinarian's strong point, which can also be her weakness, and that's her temper. So I thought that maybe if I could get Abilene in the ring with disciplinarian, that she could leverage that anger, but not let it get too carried away. So th- this was a match where we were just there to, to test out our new strategies, mm-hmm. and we it was against the Chantilly Chella and Sassy Massey, so we, we keep running into them, it seems. <laughs> it seems. So so this, so in the uh, grand scheme of things, this was not a, a big deal for you or, or the disciplinarian. It was just, we're, just, we're dipping our toe into the water. Mm-hmm. Testing out. We knew that those tag team belts were going to be up for grabs, so you know, testing out a team, seeing how they work together. Okay, so so Chella and Massey don't don't get all happy that you won. It, it, apparently, it meant nothing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Episode five of the sixth season, we see yourself and the disciplinarian return against Steffi Slays. This time, the results were a little different. Yes, this time the results reflected reflected the outcome that should have happened the first time. So this time we prepared. See, we learned our lesson the first time. And this, this was also the match. Originally, Steffi was supposed to fight Abilene and get her revenge for, you know, whatever she was crying about. I think Abilene spilled <laughs> some tea on her or something. So, but, but Abilene got injured, which, I mean, a lot of people said she was faking it, but I, I don't think she was. I mean, it was clearly... A, a displaced fracture. It looked legitimate. She went to real doctors. So for people to say that it was fixed, it, it just wasn't. That's false. And disciplinarian got to secure that victory that we needed. Um, and I got to do something very nice for Steffi. Um, I got to slap her in the face. And mm. I think the fan said I slapped the soul out of her. I think that might be a quote. So, I mean, the idea of a soul has roots in, you know, mythological and religious traditions. Uh, so that might be baseless. But I like to think that I slapped her so hard that I knocked the taste out of her mouth because that that's more scientific, you know. Ah. But, um, yeah, that was, a, that was a fabulous match. Everything went as planned. And Abilene has since recovered from the injury. So no complaints on that one. So Samantha Smart comes across Steffi Slay's face. But the COVID forehand knocked the taste out of her mouth in all relative senses. Yes. Before there was such a thing. Horrible that you would do, <laughs> do such a thing like that, but I digress. So we have the uh, results, and, and who could possibly think that Abilene would ever fake? I mean, a wrestler faking the injury, there's, who would think of such a thing? It's it's absurd. It is very absurd. I mean, it's not like, you know, wrestlers would do that across the board. Hurt neck, knee, just, uh, I was on my ranch the other day and I fell off my horse and, oh, my gosh, you know, all, all I mean, that I guess stuff. The people just uh, have such mundane lives that they just like to, you know, make up little conspiracy theories. Like, oh, maybe she faked that injury. No, she didn't. <laughs> and, of course... As we all know, 
We have to take Samantha Smart's word for it because if you can't take Samantha Smart's word, whose word can you take? Oh yeah, then you're, you're there's nothing left at that point. And we don't need that. We, we want no. we, we want the world to keep on rolling, keep spinning. <laughs> so there is a, a lot of things that's going on in between this between your ringside appearances as again your presence is felt but we're, we're covering the ringside stuff and, and we know that there's uh uh how can we put it some animosity that seemed to develop between abilene and the disciplinarian uh maybe not animosity i, I, I don't know professional jealousy i don't know right place wrong time i, I don't know how you you would choose to define that um how would you define that how was it not uh, going according to plan? Was Abilene just uh, too stuck in her way, not wanting to listen to, to uh, the, the plans that you laid out, or what? What was happening? Well, it's I'm still trying to completely understand it myself because I'm not a very emotional person. So it, they seem to have a little emotional tiff here going on, where maybe it's a case of two alphas having to work together. Uh, but they, they, yes, they do get into little tips and it's, if it can be overcame, then I think it could be an unstoppable force, but if they can't work out their differences, then I'll have to put together a new team. Indeed. And, and I know that, uh, for confidentiality purposes, we cannot have you unveiling who you may be, uh, setting your sights on but needless to say this uh conflict did affect your next appearance which was episode 10 uh i believe this was part of the actual tournament if i'm not mistaken um yes yes thank you so we have the return of the bully busters so it i mean it seems like stevie slays is is the uh <laughs> How can we put it? She, she's, it sounds meaner than I mean it. The thing that won't go away. So the, the, the Bully Busters, Keita Rush, very nice woman, David Slays, haven't met her. Uh, defeats Abilene Maverick and the Disciplinarian, and they advance to attempt to win the title, which ultimately they didn't, but that's not here nor there. So what did we have here? What, what went off? track you you earlier dipped your toe into the water of testing whether abilene would be a good fit um despite the fact that she did not in theory hold up her end of the bargain you stuck with her you you decided that she would be good to go into this tournament with and the results did not yield any differently so what what was the the, the logic or the plan here well, I, I wasn't ready to give up on on that combination of Abilene and Disciplinarian yet, so I, I really thought that they would have a better chance in the tournament. I mean, clearly I was inaccurate in that sense, but I we went into that match knowing it was going to be a tough match because it was not just Steffi Slays, it was Steffi Slays and Keita Rush, and I know Keita Rush well. Uh, she is a gym owner, she's a fighter. She's strong. I've even trained at her gym before. So I, I knew we were going into something that that needed preparation. So I felt we had a plan outlined. But once we got out there, even on the walk out there, they, those two were arguing, Abilene and Disciplinarian. 
And it's a short walk. It doesn't even take that long to get to the ring. So I'm not sure how they got in an argument, but they did. And the match just kind of unraveled into chaos. So I can't pinpoint exactly what went wrong or what caused, you know, the results to not be favorable for us. But things just went awry. Mm. Yes, and uh, unfortunately, that tale of going awry, as we call it, just uh, derailed, if you will, the chance at tag team gold. Yep, took took us out of that game. And, you know, I actually don't remember are those belts actually gold or are, are they silver? But anyway, the, they're actually the well, the new tag team belts have silver on them. The old ones were gold. So you were right either way. <laughs> it was a win-win question. <laughs> yes, yeah, well, there we go. <laughs> the, the gold belt should be still held by uh, Cage Heat. The, the silver ones by our new tag team champions, Fire and Adrenaline. I, I believe. Yes. So yes. So we go into what would be the final appearance of yourself, the disciplinarian, as far as uh, some action is concerned on the program. It is episode 11 of, of the sixth season. And for the first time, you find yourself with somebody that is not in the uh, circle of people that you have gone against. It seems that it's been mostly Chella, Slays, or uh, Oh, yeah, I think that's been mostly it, other than fire. Mm -hmm. uh, but here we have a new face. we got Reyna Reyes, who also defeated the disciplinarian. Uh, it, doesn't sound it, nice to hear it said, but no, it, yes, Reyna Reyes, the Pearl of the Philippines. It's very talented. And being a pearl is actually a, a great self proclamation that she makes because when you really think about what a pearl is it's essentially a ball of dirt so at least she's named herself correctly and i will say that she does kick very hard uh but it, it was a it was a good match I, I thought disciplinarian performed very well even though the end got a little the end got a little messy and we did lose in the end but i, I thought that disciplinarian performed really well against arena reyes who is even though she is essentially a ball of dirt, she's still a very strong wrestler. <laughs> uh, well, yes, uh, she is a, a forged ball of dirt, I guess, if you want to. <laughs> yes, and if, and if, not not to, you know, we're not making excuses here. We're just laying out the reality of the situation. Okay. But if the ref would have been doing his job correctly, then she would not have even been able to have kicked me. So... Is it just me, or does that sound like a rematch? It sounds it like it should be a rematch. Uh, let, let's uh, let's talk about what caused this kick, because out of two seasons, to the best of the public knowledge, this is the first time that Samantha got what some would call her, quote, just do. So what, what prompted this woman to take a shot at you? Well, I don't know. Maybe she's jealous of me. Maybe she's scared. I don't really know what happened. You see, I was just trying to help out disciplinarian. I was trying to hand her my ruler. I was trying to make sure, you know, the end went well. And then 
I didn't even hit Rena with it. I accidentally hit disciplinarian. So I don't know what she's so mad about. She didn't even get hit by my ruler. But nonetheless, she's still, you know, got her still in a temper, a little dirt ball temper. And, she, and then she kicked me, like, right in the face. And, I, yes, you're right. That was my first that was my first bump, and I didn't even get to bump in the ring. I had to bump on the hard floor, and my glasses flew off my face, and I was actually sore for, like, two days after. And I'm just happy that my glasses didn't break because that was my favorite pair. Do you remember the reaction that the uh, crowd had at – seeing you take this bump they seem pretty glad about it <laughs> you, you don't say I mean, they seem pretty glad about it but luckily Jeannie bus knows me she knows that i'm an important part of the company and she wasn't glad about it she actually sent someone down to the locker room to make sure i was okay ah. so i think i think i clearly took a very hard bump people were worried about me or at least Jeannie bus was the fans didn't seem to care but yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I'm starting to think that you know perhaps behind the scenes you may be a little bit of a puppet master. You'd uh, have convinced Jeannie that you are slightly different than what you are perhaps at ringside, maybe. Oh yes, yes. I mean ringside, it's a different objective than what I'm doing you know, behind the scenes. So I'm just a results driven, data driven person. And I act the way I need to act ringside to try to get the results that I want. I mean, we're not always getting them, but we're just starting out, you know? Okay. So, so you have to collect enough data to be able to put it in play before it's successful. You don't just go out and like right away, boom, it's in place. So, so this is the uh, phase that we're going to determine as an acceptable loss. Yes. You know, so when when does that phase cease? That that would be the next thing because we we walked into season five, season six, season five. You were brand new, so it was the disciplinarian. The pairing was uh, just getting their feet wet. Uh, you're testing out a new tag team. So the the theory of what you say actually is very is sound, and that uh, it wasn't just a forged team it wasn't a forged partnership already that there was some some kinks that we gotta handle some bugs we gotta get out of the way so acceptable loss was season five and season six the the period of that or are we still kind of uh in the the midst of it oh no oh no oh our trajectory is opposite direction we are we've collected our data we are good we are ready and you know one thing that i really learned from all these first matches that we had was never underestimate the power that the refs and the fans play into it you know i hadn't originally taken that into consideration with my research and my study you know i was just looking at just purely the wrestler Ah. not considering that there was going to be all of this outside you know, distraction going on and that there were refs that might not know how to count at a proper tempo or might get distracted or, you know, basically just suck. So now that we know all of those things and we've taken some losses, we've taken some wins, we know the roster, we, that, that's not how it's going to happen anymore. So the, the X factor of uh, referee participation, the X factor of crowd noise, energy, however you choose to define it, were the things that you 
did not include in your previous equation, but now you have included that and you are prepared going forward. Accurate, yes. Fair enough. Sounds good. So I guess that is the, uh, the official warning to the WOW roster. To those of you that may be checking this out, uh, I guess you would need to watch out for the disciplinarian and the IQ superior, Samantha Smart. That's right. Consider yourself warned. You know, I, I, I tend to believe that when you went back into the backstage and, and uh, Jeannie Bus comes down to check you out, your whole your entire demeanor changed. Like, I don't know what happened. Why did, why did she kick me? I didn't do nothing to that woman. <laughs> You're hiring these barbarians. <laughs> Seriously, barbarians. That, that should be the word of the day. There's a bunch of barbarians. <laughs> All of them? I mean, <laughs> Just no, no manners. Well... Maybe all of them. I mean, they all at least have, you know, some aspects of them that are barbarians. They need to be dealt with. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, Jeannie, I, I don't, I don't know what to say. I, if you're uh, going along with, with that, <laughs> just, just, just dangle her by well, the. Well, that's story. why she hired me, right? Well, yes, that is true. She hired you for your your intellect. And to have your your face kicked by anyone out there would you know would potentially damage that. You know. Yes, it, yes. That 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 goes back to why I usually choose to just be ringside as a manager because what? Why would I want to get kicked in the head? I mean, it, it didn't cause any sort of uh, blanking out of like what happened. What you know? You didn't. That didn't occur, did it? No, it was it was shocking. I mean, when I hit the ground, I it certainly was shocked, and it, it hurt. It hurt, and I was shocked. <laughs> but other other than that, I mean, no. Well, ah, we are going to look forward to seeing the IQ superior and her managerial charge, the disciplinarian, return to the television airways or perhaps streaming service, who knows, uh, in the future, and uh, where she and her new stable, if she acquires more talent, may go going forward. And there's lots of people that are entering WOW, lots of new faces that have yet to be seen, some familiar faces that have uh, come back. So it would be interesting to see how Samantha Smart integrates herself and the disciplinarian within that new world. And I, I do have to repeat that I, I love the venue that WOW's in. I, I always had an issue with the previous venues. It, you know, I mean, it, it was fine. I just thought it was kind of a little too big for what WOW needed originally. And mm-hmm. being in the, I mean, the forum is, is a, it was a great facility. I just don't think it was a great facility for WOW. It, it, it just felt too vast, if, if that makes right. sense. Uh, the, the, well, what was the other one? Vegas, Vegas was good, but it felt like it was a glow recap. Right, right. Where they are now, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but it's a beautiful facility. It looks great on camera. Yeah, the, yeah. the Belasco. Thank you, the Belasco. It, 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 it looks fantastic on camera. I was like, that, that to me made WoW feel as if it had its own identity now, not just a version of. 
If, yeah, if, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful venue. It's unique. It's the right size. It's just a good fit. Yeah, and I and I hope to see it again. You know, like, like I said, it is a, it is a very good fit for what Wild provided. Um, side note, because I, I know some people out there have heard me do the podcast, and I brought it up when she uh, posted it on her Instagram because. She's been great to me. She's been great to the show. She's come on and interviewed with me twice. Erica Porter, a.k.a. Junk Girl, have you reached out to her since her diagnosis? Oh, yes, of course. I mean, Jungle Girl is just one of the most amazing athletes and humans that you just ever get a chance to meet. I mean, she's a big part of WOW. She's a strong figure, not only at WOW, but in fitness and the health community. I mean, she has her own gym. I I donated to her foundation. Her foundation is called Endorphasm Foundation, um, and it's helping pay for fitness-related aid for cancer patients, mm-hmm. which I think is pretty cool because that's, that's a unique aid to give to people in that position, and I don't think there are other programs out there like that right now that match what she's doing. And I participated in her burpee challenge. A lot of the WOW superheroes did. And, of course, it was in Jungle Girl style, and it was doing 500 burpees in a day, right? Only only Jungle Girl would find that an acceptable number of burpees to ask people to do. <laughs> Five, 500 yeah. burpees in a day. <laughs> Lucky but, that that didn't take the whole roster down. <laughs> but it is Jungle Girl, as you said. Erica Porter is, is unique <laughs> in and of herself. I mean, she, she is the uh, hybrid of... And I say this with all due respect to all the other wild girls. Uh, probably the perfect wild girl. Being that she got her wrestling education on both sides of the fence. She, right. She's a physical marvel. I, and that this is not something new. I've, I've said this for a couple of years. When it came back, it's like the fact that she's doing it and performing at a high level is incredible. She's insane. I mean, even if you just run the ropes with her, it's almost impossible to even keep up. Like, you're going to get crashed into by her because she's just so fast. She's like a, a freak of nature in a good way. I mean, she just, she's phenomenal. She She's a true athlete. I bet she could excel in, like, nearly any sport. I, and she was doing the barefoot. That's the, that's the other thing. So like, <laughs> of all of this stuff that she was doing, she's doing she did it barefoot. Like, my right. goodness. And I told her. To top I, it all off, right? To top it <laughs> off. Running the ropes in your bare feet. <laughs> my, my goodness. And, and again, high level of uh, wrestling that she was performing for a while. I mean, against the Bees, against Tessa Blanchard, you know, that going back a season, uh, carrying, well, I'll just go ahead and say carrying the match with uh, <laughs> Tadvik the Gamer. <laughs> So, <laughs> uh, look, it's, it's years ago now. I can say it. You know, she ain't coming back. So, so, right. so, so yeah, I mean, she, she is uh, outstanding. And, uh, you know, always I have to kind of just bring that up. We love her. So, you know, donate yes, the endorphasm. The, the, the endorphasm foundation has an Instagram and a website and everything. So people should go check it out for sure. It's a great thing to give to. Yes, you should. It's time for random questions. 
And now, now I think I need to leave a link or something as I'm thinking about that. I, I hope I can. Rem- I hope this portion of the show reminds me to leave a link. <laughs> so <laughs> there, there you go. When I listen back to it and I do the editing. So yes, if, if anything, if it pops up, then I remember. There you go, folks. <laughs> So now we are at this, this uh, section of the show. There are a couple of segments that I like to do just for for uh, kicks and giggles. I'll keep it PG. Um, random questions. We have an IQ superior here. So, you know, of course, these questions aren't really right and wrong. We just want to, they're a little bit more, not abstract, just, just getting her opinion. So we want to see how she just kind of progresses so Samantha's smart and what she thinks of these things and, and maybe one that uh, she can, if she knows it off the top of her head. So. No oh boy. <laughs> well, <laughs> let, let, me just, let me just go ahead and say, like, I, there's no way I would know. Some of this, I just, I just look it up and like, oh, that's an interesting fact. You know, that, that type of thing. So. <laughs> All right. So we, we'll start off with dogs or cats. Uh, dogs. I actually have an Italian Greyhound. Okay. The last movie that put tears in your eyes. Oh, I don't cry. <laughs> <laughs> nothing comes close. Nothing. Um, uh, sometimes I might get tears of joy watching stock analysts if my predictions were right, but no, like regular, I don't watch like dramas or rom-coms or anything ridiculous like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, you know, I think somebody needs to uh, leave in the comments like a, if you have a challenge for her, an emotional challenge, that might need to be a thing. Can, can you spark no, the emotion maybe. Can, Samantha sm- can you? <laughs> can she watch up with uh, and, and Pixar and, uh, and not cry or something like that? Well, uh, I'm open to the challenge. Well, you know what? I, I think I might have to do that myself. I, I, I'm going to put that off to the side for a second. <laughs> Who is the world's tallest model? Hmm. Well, a model as in a human or like a structure of atoms or? Model as in a human and the profession oh, of said human. I have no idea. Now, I might be butchering her name, but she stands at 6'9". So you might want, you might need to track her down to, uh, you know, try to convince her oh, to wow. be a wrestler. Uh, oh, yes, I see. Uh, Yek, I'm not sure how to pronounce her name, but I do see. Yekaterina Lucina. Thank you. There you go. See, look, I'll Russian let, model, former let, basketball player. I'll let you uh, handle the, the pronunciation of the name. But there you go. See, uh, there, there's a, a method to the madness, a 6'9 uh, charge in wrestling would only do wonders. I mean, imagine how you would just walk her through that ring and the spectacle of the people, the ooh and the eye, ah, and how she would just dominate. But Yes. Just, just wow needs her. Wow <laughs> needs her. Yes, they do. Or someone uh, relatively close. What <laughs> is the most delicious dessert in the world? The most delicious dessert in the world? Well, I don't really like dessert. I'm more of a savory person. I don't like sweets. Mm-hmm. 
the most delicious dessert in the world. I'm just going to go with my favorite food, which is pork belly. Pork belly, that's a dessert. Yeah, why not? The, the delicious layer of fat. Okay, well, we'll go there's, with most. There's no rules. There, well, yeah, that's true. You, you got me there. There's no rules. So, oh, we oh we can readjust it because there's no rules. That's the most savory item in the world. So, <laughs> pork belly. Uh, name an actor that has played a role that you can't begin to think of someone else playing that part. Um. Well, I don't really. I I legitimately don't really watch very many movies or television at all. Like even growing up, I pretty much read books. I'm. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm being serious. No, so I can't I, no actually, I figured an actor. that. But... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even own a TV um, for like the first part of my adult life. <laughs> what? Shame so I, I'm not going to have a good question. I mean, a good answer for that question. <laughs> I, I'm going to fill that in for you. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. No one else could have played that. I'll, I'll, okay, I'll, yes. I'll we'll take that. We'll take that. <laughs> Do you believe in the theory of the butterfly effect? Uh, yes, I do. I, I believe that every every action has a consequence, and sometimes those consequences are small. Sometimes they are big, but I believe that a little thing can change everything. Based on that theory of uh, the butterfly effect going back in time, what is the best way to work around it? Best not to to limit your interactions or just do nothing at all? Hmm. Well, or, or can it be stopped? That, that those that those are the options. Can it be stopped at all? If you were in theory to go back in time, the second you are there, does that inherently cause change? I think if you went as yourself, it would inherently cause change. But I think if you use something like CRISPR technology or something, if you were able to to clone yourself and send a clone of yourself, then I don't think that it would change things. But then you would have to deal with the clone of yourself. So that would inherently change the future anyways. So it would inherently change whether you had the clone or not. Yeah. I mean, it would be interesting to experiment with a clone, but I think that ultimately it would still it would still change the trajectory of all events. Ah, well, now, here's I know you're not a movie person, but here's where we're going to rope the, the last of the theory in, and I will use the movie for... Reference sake to those that are listening, uh, predetermined destiny as related to time in, in a linear fashion. Uh, I guess that being, use your your uh, example, you have a clone. We send a clone to Samantha Smart back in time, and that clone from the point that she does what she's doing in, let's just say, I don't know, 2000, begins to construct a, or not construct, work on the theory of time travel that by the time we get to 2020, current day, Samantha Smart discovers this notebook, which is the thing that got her to produce time travel in the first place. Can one exist without the other? It's a circular conundrum. Do you believe that in Things like that. Is this a predetermined destiny? Well, I, I, in general, I don't believe in a predetermined destiny. Like, I don't think everyone already has a, a path set out. No matter what you do, that path is going to happen. Mm -hmm. But uh, every action, like we said, has a consequence. So, yes, that, that is, in a way, 
it's not predetermining your destiny, but I think it's affecting your, it is affecting your destiny. And I think time travel is, is really interesting. And I think that we, I think our civilization will figure it out in the near term. And I think other civilizations probably have already figured it out. That that's the theory of a friend of mine. He says that if uh, time travel exists in some point in the future, then it exists now. Yes, exactly. So, hey, that is an uh, uh, interesting theory. Testing that brain. Pushing. Uh... <laughs> now, now, again, I know that there's a, uh, you, you're not a, a movie person, per se. Um, so I doubt that the movie Predestination would have any sort of uh, relevance to you. But perhaps the short story, All You Zombies, Mike. <laughs> oh, we're going zombies now. <laughs> well, no, you know, actually, I think the zombies are just in the t- I don't know why they said that, but it, it it's, it's a weird short story that somehow somebody stretched out into a 90-minute movie. Basically, and, and I hope you're Googling this as I'm saying it, because it's... it's, it's <laughs> It's hard for me to say, other than to say that there's this person who goes back in time and and every incarnation of who he is interacts with the other and is like this loop that you couldn't escape because he starts off, he's, first it's a transgender person. So having started off as female, accident happens, causes him to transition to male gets involved in time travel, comes back in time, does such and such, gets himself, herself, pregnant, takes the baby back to the original point, drops off. I mean, it's just weird. It's just, you, you have wow, to read that. It is a mess. <laughs> that was a, you have to read that yourself. I am, I cannot begin to go into that. It's just mind-boggling for me. But Samantha Smart, however, <laughs> can decipher all of that. Yes. Whew, okay. Now that that was that was a, a, a brain drain for me, folks. So I'm gonna move. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough, right? That's <laughs> enough of that. <laughs> it, 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 yeah. That, all I can say is just all you zombies. That is the short story that the movie is based off of. I'm sure somebody that's out there, once you read it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Is just I don't know why that was. Who even thought of that? It's just weird. Um, interesting, <laughs> but weird. Um, so, so we're going to move back into the world of wrestling. That's, that's, you know, Mr. Green can handle that. I can handle the world of wrestling. So now we're back to <laughs> the next segment of the show. One of my favorite segments to do with my guests. And it is... Fantasy Booking. This is the segment where if you had the ability to sit down and quite possibly you do because you're backstage quite a bit and uh to book your own angle or storyline with whatever uh what would it be and how would you play it out and and as a side have you ever pitched an idea to wild's staff like hey you know what i think we should do we should do this hmm well i well first of all yes i have pitched a ton of ideas to to wow slash David McLean 
I work I work really closely with David, and I enjoy the process of you know either being involved in creating things or watching others create things, and then putting everything in motion and watching it play out. But if I was gonna have a fantasy booking for myself and the disciplinarian, um, hmm, I'm definitely interested in trying out the disciplinarian against some of the newer the WoW roster. There's some really interesting uh, characters on board. I am intrigued by Exile a lot. Uh, I know that fans haven't seen a lot of them yet because their their season hasn't really aired. Uh, but they they definitely know who they are. And I just think that's an interesting fraction of Genesis and Exodus are both hard workers. They're both a little scorned, and they train under Malaya. And I've trained with Malaya, and she's hardcore. So I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see what their trio is going to do. And I'm not even sure if I would want Disciplinarian to face off with them, or if I'm interested in working with them. But I, I'm very <laughs> intrigued by the Exile team. Uh, there's some other new people in training that aren't even developed fully yet as a as talent. But just watching them train, like there are some girls that are just doing things that I've never even seen people do in the ring before. So I would I would be most interested with storylines, um, feuds, or teaming up with probably the newer people on the roster. Okay. Now, would you like to hear my pitch for you as Samantha Smart? Yes. Yes. Well, here we go. Let, let's uh, use uh, Reyes as a uh, counter in this particular story. Let's say that because she was the one who dared to touch you, or whatever the case may be, put her, well, not her, she didn't really put her hands on you, she put her foot on you, but you get the point. That she yeah. would dare to do such a thing, you, you know, put up the, the challenge to for a rematch, the disciplinary, come on in there, and she's going to give you what for. Reyes turns you down. I don't need to beat her. I already wrestled her. Don't have to. I got nothing to gain from this. Do it week, another week because how dare she turn you down? It's bad enough that she put her, you know, that she assaulted your person. But, yes. you know, to, to turn me down, to turn down IQ Superior, the, the gall of you. <laughs> that has, let's say that goes on for two to three weeks. Until you just put your foot down and say, okay, tell me what it is that it's going to take to get you in the ring with the disciplinary because you need to be taught a lesson and I'll do whatever it takes to get that, you know, get the lesson done. She says, all right, well, I'll take that match. If I win, I get the good old-fashioned five minutes with you. No, boy. <laughs> and there's your response. Oh boy! That's like, well, and then she, she can go. Well, you know, now if you don't want to do, it, if you don't have faith in that, and now of course now you have to go with the manager. Of course, I have faith in her. Absolutely. And if we win, you know, I, I, you'd have to. She'd have to put something up or whatever. You know, you leave while forever. Or you give me five, your, your money for the next year. Whatever. I don't, whatever tips your fancy. Fill in the blank. Whatever MacGuffin that we need to, to, to get her into that point. 
So now you have the match. Needs to be competitive. Needs to go a good distance. Needs to look like the disciplinary win so you can have something that you can complain about. In fact, she can be knocked down. The referee doesn't see it. Disciplinary gets the pin, but nobody's there to kind of, hey, ref, what the deal? What's going on? She gets back up. Boom, boom, boom. Reyes wins. Holy crap. Now I got to get in the ring with her. <laughs> Next week, I'll see you in the ring. There you go through. I can't do it. I didn't want to get in the ring, blah, blah, blah. You know, all, all that stuff. You get in the ring finally. The, the next week, got your knee pads on, the tights, and you're ready to go. You try your best. But it don't work out too well. In fact. What? <laughs> the, I, I'm roping it back around. Here we go. It doesn't work out too well. Uh, you know, and, and unfortunately, you take a, a pretty bad hit to the head. Again, which not only causes you to lose the match, but you're knocked out. Disciplinarians worried. Oh my gosh, what did you do? Give me some help. You get off to the back, to the trainer's room or something, something of, of, of that nature. When you start to come around, acting a little differently, just not, you're still aware of who you are, but not quite the same. But you're feeling a little bit more athletic. Maybe the, the, the I don't want to wear that, the glasses, drab outfit and stuff like that. Do we have to have a yardstick? What's this for? You know, stuff like that. <laughs> this man says, oh, well, look, why don't you go home, get some rest. I'll see you next week. You show up the next week, but you show up in a tennis outfit. Oh, no. <laughs> I, hey, I was out there playing some today, and it felt great. I just didn't even feel like changing when I got to the building. And it, let's go on out of it. So now you, you got that slow morph into Samantha Smart Tennis Pro. Until... And I, I would, I would, I would uh, like to wager that getting hit with my tennis racket would probably hurt more than the ruler anyway. It, it will it will hurt more than the ruler, but you but you're not in that mode just yet. You got to <laughs> some, something's got to trigger that so you can so you can finally kind of take a look at snap out of it and take a look at yourself like what am I wearing this for? And then you can whack whoever it is in the head with a tennis racket like who who put me in this? <laughs> that is a season's worth of Samantha Smart story. That's an interesting story. It actually is. So basically, I'm I'm getting a post concussion personality change. Yes. Now, of course, we don't you know we don't make light of the post concussion, but in TV land, as we know, a rap on the head either causes amnesia or or causes a complete personality change. Right. It does seem to work that way. That, that's right. And and until you uh, get another one on the the back of the head. A couple of episodes down, you don't realize that you've, you know, taken your tennis love and transitioned it over into the uh, world of WoW. All right, all so, right. So there we have it. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll steal your idea. <laughs> <laughs> and if I tune in to you like, hey man, that's fun. Yeah, you'll see that. You'll see that play out, and then you'll see the people in the audience wearing the shirts that you came up with, and you'll no. be like, "Man!" <laughs> <laughs> and one of them was gonna call me, Brian. Don't talk to me. 
<laughs> that was me, man. I came up with that stuff. Where's my credit? <laughs> I'll be like, uh, can you kick out that crazy guy? <laughs> <laughs> yes, unfortunately, I can't fly across the country to be the insane person. And, <laughs> and it wouldn't help anyway. That's one thing that we've all learned over the years. <laughs> if you want to make somebody label as crazy, just have somebody say, hey, look, that crazy guy. Because the more you get upset, it just proves the point. You're just making yourself look crazier. I'm not crazy, <laughs> damn it. You're right. <laughs> sure you're not, sir. Sure. Come with us. <laughs> oh, Lord. So there you have it. You're looking at that. There was the, the fantasy booking. I, I leave that out into the ether of the universe. And I only come up with that because you actually have tennis, uh, a, a tennis background to you. And, you know, I figured that that would be. Nice to work in there, at least with this short term. It shouldn't shouldn't be a long term thing. That that version of Samantha Smart should not exist forever. It's just there for a while for temporary. Temporary. Just there for a while for comedic purposes because you'll be playing off of the disciplinary just not knowing what to do with you. While you're you know, I'm, I'm looking for advice and you're out there practicing your backstroke at ringside, you know, whatever you know what I mean? So like, yeah, and then eventually, you know, the, the my symptoms of that personality change could wear off, and I could just go back to being my normal, like, cute, superior self. That's right, but the fans will always have something that they can berate you about, and you can say, shut up! I don't wear up tennis Yes, that, that does seem to be something that they enjoy. So. <laughs> <laughs> now, the, the final question here, this one is usually reserved for the uh, Facebook page, so if anybody, if she does provide an answer... You will find it there. So it is not typical of this section on YouTube and Podbean and greater podcast platforms. So we have come to the end. You have been a full-on and fantastic interview. And I really appreciate your time and effort. It's gone far longer than I thought it would. Look at that. Yes, we had, we had a nice long conversation. And covered a lot of ground there, and got to pitch some some ideas to you, and covered your your entire run and while thus far, or at least as far as the public is concerned, uh, would there be anything that you would like to close out with, as far as your fan base or you know the people that are making uh, nice little pics of you as uh, as you said a android of sort. Um, well, I, I would just leave everyone with a simple word of advice, and it's just, don't be stupid. <laughs> Fair enough. So, so with that, folks, take the advice of Samantha Smart. Don't be stupid. But do listen to the Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling Podcast with your host, Mr. Green, and you can find it where all podcasts are found. And if you are listening to this on the YouTube channel, Please make sure that you hit subscribe, ring the bell. And I am just going to go ahead and say it, that I am the biggest collection of wild superhero interviews anywhere. Until someone else points me out to something different, I am going to make that claim and I'm going to hold on to it until proven otherwise. So get into the playlist, go listen to it. If you want to know something about wild, there's a good chance that this interview or one of these several interviews of the participants and superheroes it will be in there so I will end with that 
that this is Mr. Green and Samantha Smart saying that this is Mr. Green saying so long and we will see you on the next go round. Thank you for listening to the WPN's Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling. If you have questions or comments, please contact us via our Facebook or our YouTube channel at the Women's Pro Wrestling Network. If you're new to the WPN, feel free to subscribe to our channel and like our page. We appreciate your support. Thank you again for listening.